Brian Burns tweeted out yesterday. No, actually, let me set the stage here before I get to the cryptic tweet. Um, he's a free agent right now, or will be once free agency opens. Um, he reportedly is asking for $30 million a year, which would be near the top, not at the top, but near the top of the edge rusher market. And uh, the Panthers have been reticent to give him that much. He tried to get a big deal last offseason. They didn't get to the deal. He played out the year. Didn't play exceptionally well, but we'll get to that. Brian Burns tweeted, keep pounding, dot, 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 two heart emojis. Heart emojis were in Panthers colors. Okay. Now, the on the surface level, right, if that's – if if you're like you know somebody that thinks uh, yellow submarine is about yellow submarines, which maybe it is, but a lot of people look for imagery and and symbolism. Uh, that just says he's a big fan of the Panthers, right? And keep pounding is something that they uh, have have adopted as a team mantra for a very long time, and that's him. Maybe you might even say pledging some kind of loyalty to the Panthers, the team that drafted him saying, I want to be here, saying we're making progress. Maybe even it's like the smoke coming out of the Vatican, a symbol that some, something is eminent, that a decision has been made. But you know what's hilarious about it? The very next thing he retweeted or reposted. Somebody else said it. He reposted it. Don't believe everything you hear, brother. That's all I can say in respect to business. Listen. Brian Burns does not want to get franchise tagged. That uh, of that I am sure. He does not want to be franchise tagged and that has to be part of his goal right now is to do everything he can to be on a long-term deal the next time he plays football. And because of that, guess who he's going to need a little bit of help from? The Carolina Panthers. He can't do it himself, right? Because if if they don't reach a deal on a long-term deal that he gets to stay and be on the long-term deal and he gets to grow old with the Panthers, they have to orchestrate the trade because they're not going to let him walk for free. They're going to franchise tag him and send him somewhere else where then maybe he can agree on a deal there. But either way, he needs the Panthers to make a decision that gives him what he wants. He can't do it himself. The only thing he'd be able to do for himself is play out the season and then be a truly unrestricted free agent, not after this year, but the next year. Right? He could play out the franchise tag, and then he could play out another franchise tag, uh, of, of which I'm sure many of you know what that's called. That's called the Kirk Cousins. He could go full Kirk Cousins. That's the only way he controls his situation. But do you know what the wrench in that system is? Didn't produce great this year. No. Which, for right now, guess what that is? It's a blip, right? It's a, yeah, but. It's a, we have all of these reasons and excuses. It's a, yeah, he didn't produce, but the Panthers were so bad, the opposing team was never in a pass situation, so he never got to pin his ears back and really get after him. Yeah, he didn't produce, but he didn't have an edge rusher on the other side that was attracting any attention, so he was the focal point of every offensive game plan. Yeah, he didn't produce, but he wasn't always 100%, and he played through some injuries. That's what it is right now. If he plays next year on a tag and again doesn't produce at an elite level, it becomes the truth. Right? Once can be a fluke. Twice, harder to explain away.
And then guess what happens? That $30 million demand becomes like, you know what? I will take that 27 you were offering or whatever the Panthers are actually offering. And they go, ooh, right? You start hitting them with cliches. Yesterday's price is not today's price. That offer, well, that was in a completely different world than this, the, the, than the world we're living in right now. And the tweets and everything are all gamesmanship. If you listen to the show, you know that I get annoyed when we have to break down all the social media because, oh yeah, uh, right. Justin Fields doesn't follow the Bears anymore. How dare! Whoa, but he does follow Bijan Robinson. He's definitely going to Atlanta. That's that's not not what I'm here for. That's I I don't like that part of the job. But you'd be burying your head your head in the sand like an ostrich if you didn't recognize that in 2024. Social media is intentional, right? Because, I mean, starting in, in probably high school now, players, especially the players that were, were big-time recruits like, like Brian Burns, are having it just said and repeated and repeated and repeated, right? Hey, be careful with social media, right? Social media is important. It's good to have a brand, but, hey, what you say, people are going to hear which is said like a warning, but guess what else it's doing? It's it's emphasizing how valuable of a tool it can be, right? If you say something stupid, everybody's going to pick it up. Then, okay, everybody is reading this. So when I say keep pounding with two heart emojis, he's not thinking like, oh, I just tweeted that and no one's going no to listen, right? He's not thinking when he hits send, he's not thinking, oh, this will my buddies will see this and that's all. That's not the case in the least. I, I, uh, uh, I was listening to a podcast with, a, a, I'll just say, a famous actor, okay? Famous actor. Many of you would recognize a few of the things he's in. And he was telling the story of how he went on a date in L.A. when he thought he was like a D-list actor. And he said when the picture showed up in like every single uh, tabloid, <laughs> he was like, oh, first of all, very annoying, not happy. Really threw my personal life into a, a tailspin there for a little bit, but did teach a lesson that like, all right, I can't just go out in L.A. with somebody without expecting everybody to to figure it out. And and like Brian Burns doesn't have to learn that lesson. He's been told over and over and over again, if you tweet something, everybody's going to see it. If you retweet something, everybody's going to see it. So him saying keep pounding was intentional. The thing that I take away from it is he wants to have a good relationship with the Panthers. Not necessarily he he 100% wants to re-sign with the Panthers. Not necessarily they're making good progress on a deal. Not necessarily any of that. But you want to have a good professional relationship with the team, even if what you're doing is asking them to trade you. You want to walk in there and go, hey, listen, I love it here. I want what's best for here. I think what's best for both of us is for us <laughs> to part ways. What's best for here is not me here. <laughs> yeah, what's best that you could get uh, uh, f- my agent, you know, go let him uh, seek trades for me. Like it's that kind of stuff, right? Brian Burns does not want to be franchise tagged. He does not want to play next year on any kind of one-year agreement. Can't be huge risk. So what is this little love fest with the Panthers on Twitter? It's we're cool, right? We want to help each other, right? I love you guys. You love me. 
How about <laughs> Detroit? How about Houston? How about any of Baltimore? How about any of these other places that we can maybe help each other? And then, you know, I'll still say keep pounding. I still love you. Still where I started. Still where you drafted me. And I think it's also on on his side of things is that if things don't work out, it's like, well, hey, look, I I was trying to do the yep. right thing. You have to. So it's, it's the perception of things, too. Any leak, any information, any of that, consider the source and consider what they have to gain. Sports is a business. NFL is a business. Mm-hmm. And it's always a business. Even in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, it's a business. So it darn sure is less than a month before free agency opens up. It darn sure is for somebody like Brian Burns, who's been asking for money for some time now and hasn't gotten it. No. And they again, the players are the ones that have the most risk. Like you said, like if he just plays on a one-year franchise tag, and if he has something that's if, tragic with injury-wise, like his earning potential just go is just gone. If he played great this year, mm-hmm. and they still couldn't reach a long-term deal, I think he would be okay playing on a one-year franchise tag because then if he has his down year, he has all the excuses that he had this year. Oh, it's only down because the supporting cast. It's only down because of a nagging injury. It's only down because the coaching staff. It's only down because the offense wasn't good enough. You have all of that. But once you go two years, the GMs are going to go, no, it's it can't all be context. We gave you two shots at it. So the fact that he didn't have a great year this year, I think, puts an urgency from his camp to get that guaranteed money now before it, it, it runs out. We are pleased to welcome on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, Claire Curzan. She is a 2021 Olympian, Olympic silver medalist, NCAA champion, that was at Stanford. She's since transferred to UVA. She's from Cary. She went to Cardinal Gibbons High School. And you can follow her on Instagram at Claire Uh Claire, thank you very much for for taking the time. Um, I see you're 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 repping the uh, the Olympic gear, which is one of the cooler flexes that somebody jumps on our our video chat can uh, can drop on us. Um, yeah, it's not very often I get to wear it, so I like to break it out when I can. Uh, I'm I'm gonna start with this. There's a video going viral right now of a professional golf coach who's at the range just practicing and a gentleman walks by and starts giving her swing tips and it's it's hilarious right because she's a like a professional golf so when you're not walking around or not swimming with your usa gear on has anyone tried to maybe uh like you know give you a pointer or a correction you got to drop the mic on them and maybe you know start talking about medals Swimming's a pretty niche sport, so not yet, but um, that would be really cool if I could. I think I would enjoy that. All right. Um, well, then, well, then we'll we'll go this way. Uh, I I'm somebody that I like. I can swim, right? I, I can I can go up and down. I can go to the beach and body surf and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Fifty meter backstroke. How much you beat me by? What's your time? I have no clue. I'm like a recreational swimmer to the to the most. <laughs> Well, I just went uh, 27.4. Um, Which feels very, very, like, that's pretty ridiculous, right? It is pretty pretty quick. All right. I I, I feel like you're being humble and you, you want to say, like, <laughs> half the length. You would, like, could you be sitting on the edge looking at me by the time I finish? I could probably dry off some. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I respect it. Claire Curzan joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. 
Um, the 2021 Olympics, it, it's funny because in my notes I had 2020, but obviously we know what, what all happened and it became the 2021 Olympics. There were, there were no fans. What was it like competing in, with all those restrictions and COVID and, and probably not how you imagined it when you were a kid dreaming of the Olympics? Um, honestly, I didn't really notice a difference. Um, I was only 16 at the time, so I hadn't had previous Olympics to compare it to, but I had a blast. They, uh, Japan and, and the U.S. still did a great job uh, hosting a great Olympics, so um, I thought it was awesome, and the village itself was really cool, so um, I'm excited for Paris, though. Hopefully, if I make the team, it'll, it'll be a pretty epic Olympics, and um, family will be able to come this time, which will be nice. If the the village was cool, who was like the biggest star? Do you, do you have like, you know, selfies of of you and I don't know an NBA star or or like who were you most excited to meet? Um, I saw a couple of the gymnastics team members walking around, which was really cool. But I was too embarrassed to go take a picture. Uh, but I do have a couple of videos of Olympic speed walkers just doing their thing around the village, which I thought was pretty neat. Is there any kind of rivalry? Because right, I think of the Summer Olympics. I think of swimming. I think of track, and I think of gymnastics. So you're you're looking up to gymnastics, or you're excited to to see the gymnastics. Is there any part of you that's like they should want to take pictures with me? I'm I've, I have a silver medal uh, silver medal over here. I'm I'm a stud at 16, just like they are. <laughs> no, just a whole lot of respect for them. Their sports pretty grueling. A lot more broken bones than swimming. So um, I I gotta get starstruck around them. What's the injury in, in swimming? Like what? What are you like? Uh, like if they're all Over, broken bones, overuse your your uh, tendons and your shoulder get pretty messed up. Oh. All right, well avoid that. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll be pouring, pulling for you. Uh, Thank you. Paris is coming up. You you brought it up. How much of the transfer to to UVA um, was to train with Todd Desorbo, who who is the Paris Olympics coach, and and that obviously makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, it was it was a a lot of different reasons why I transferred, but that was definitely a pretty big one. Um, if I make the team, it'd be really nice to have my coach on the trip with me. Um, and then also, obviously, uh, Virginia is a whole lot closer to North Carolina, where I'm from, than California. So that makes it pretty easy, too. Uh, we're talking with Claire Curzan, uh, Olympian from Cary, went to Cardinal Gibbons High School, college star, Olympic silver medalist here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. If you knew Stanford was joining the ACC and they'd be playing a whole bunch of league stuff around here, would you have made the move? Um, probably yes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm really happy where I am right now. I think the transition was great for me. With with your coach being on the coaching staff, I mean, is there like, hey, pick me for a relay? Like, or do, do you have that kind of relationship? Uh, hopefully, he'll have some weight, but you got to qualify for the team first individually. So I got my work cut out for me this summer, and then hopefully be able to be on a couple of relays um, at the Olympics. Well. You do have, I mean, obviously qualifying for the Olympics is a, a task that most of us will never even understand, but you recently competed at the world championships and, and you won four golds, a silver and a bronze, uh, first American to win all three distances of one stroke, meaning the 50 meter, hundred meter and 200 meter in backstroke. Uh, you have to like your chances of, of making the Olympic team, correct? Definitely helps the confidence a bit. Um, it was a great meet for me. Uh, definitely superseded my expectations. So I think it'll bode well going into the summer. What's the next goal? How do you how do you build off of that? Like, you know, when when you have a meet where a lot goes well, what's what's next on the uh, the, the vision board? Definitely just a whole lot more best times. Um, I'd like to try to break a, a, a couple barriers, um, like fifty six for the hundred fly. Probably get into the fifty seven range for the hundred back. 
Um, and then just a whole lot of training goes into that. So um, excited to see my teammates come back and, and do well at NCAAs, though. What is it about the backstroke, right? I, I'm, I, I feel like we, we all try it, right? We all, we all throw like, oh, watch my butterfly, and you do it for four strokes and you get exhausted. <laughs> and like, like, what is it about the backstroke that connects with, with your ability? Um, I mean, I started out as a kid as a backstroker when I was, you know, four, ten. So I, I think it kind of just comes naturally to me. And um, just Todd's been doing great work with it. So obviously that, that really showed up at um, Doha. Uh, here's I, I played college football and in every locker room, there's like this group of Florida guys that is the Florida produces the best football players. There's this group of Virginia, this group of Texas, uh, North Carolina swimming. What what's the what's the pipeline? How how do we how do we get more of you out there and in, in, in the Olympics from around here? Honestly, North Carolina is becoming a really competitive state. Um, TAC has been doing a great job just building more more pool space and more opportunities for kids to get swimming. So, um, just joining summer leagues and I think getting started is the hardest part. Do Do you get to like like talk a little trash and, and kind of defend your home state, or are you are you quiet in those conversations? Oh, quiet. Okay. I love North Carolina. And I welcome any and all competition. Um, what is it like on the team? Uh, how close are you, like, when you go to an Olympics? And I know your your, your last Olympics was a little different with this, the distance and everything. But uh, do you get that locker room feel that you get might get from a team sport? Definitely. Um, the trip takes about five weeks. So by the end, you're all really good friends. Um, and I still talk to a lot of my teammates on the team. Um uh, you know, Kate Douglas and Alex Walsh were both on the Olympics with me, and, and now we're teammates at UVA. So um, it's honestly great. They a lot of since I was so young on that trip, um, there was a lot of great role models on on that trip, um, and I had a great time. I mean, I was on the same team as Hayley Decky, which is crazy. She's literally my idol. So um, it's cool now. I'm able to have her phone number and literally like text her like if I have questions. So it's pretty cool. Well, like. I mean, Ledecky is is Ledecky, right? That's it's yeah. a, a crossover star. Um, how does that relationship begin? Do you does it start? I mean, you're 16 years old. I have to imagine it's a bit like you're you know you're going to a concert and you're just excited to have the backstage pass, and then suddenly you're in the band. Like, how does that how does that relationship get started? And 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 you know, what kind of friends are you? Yeah. So honestly, uh, just being on the team together, I think as a veteran, she kind of recognizes that she needs to look out for the younger kids. So she definitely made an effort in making sure we all felt comfortable. Um, Cause she, her first trip, she was 15. So she kind of was able to relate in that way. Um, and we don't talk much, but um, we text back and forth and, and we're definitely friendly when we're seeing each other in different competitions. So um, it's just over like over my, any of my expectations to even like be able to talk to her. So um, she's a great, great person and, and been a great role model for me. You haven't gone to like sending her funny gifs and cat videos and stuff yet. I don't want to bother her like that. Right, well, well, I mean, I feel like the, 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 the entry into that conversation is if you have a medal, then you, you get to like, you know, you're, you're more of a peer. Obviously yeah. she, she has a, a career that's a, l a little bit ahead, but you have time to get there. But the, the medal, I think you're, I think you're good to send memes. So, uh, next time you see a funny one, send it over to Ledecky. Yeah, I'll test it out. All right. Uh, Claire, we appreciate you. Good luck in, in all the run-up. Hopefully we'll, we'll talk to you again as uh, Paris gets closer and, and you know, start, start brushing up on your, uh, your French. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much, guys.